How many wake-up calls does the United States or the West in general need? And speaking more from a general population standpoint, before it realizes that, look, all currencies eventually are going to go to zero. Uh, we've seen this time and time, nation after nation. We see it in Lebanon. We're seeing it in Turkey. Uh, we're seeing it in South America. Obviously, it's happened. It's happened in Argentina. Um, and it's inevitable. It will continue to happen across the globe uh, as part of sort of the the ushering in, if you will, of a new era of monetary system. Uh, so perhaps, wouldn't say intentional, but the writing was on the wall. So the central bankers around the world saw this as an opportunity to sort of shift how things are done. And so that's really where the idea now of, you know, how can we learn from these other countries and take sort of take the precaution? Do we want to be victims or slaves to a centralized system, right? Such as a central bank or a CBDC issued by a central bank? Or, or perhaps is this an opportunity for us to at least in parallel uh, have, a, have, a, have an opportunity to have some sense of financial independence, sovereignty from the state, uh, the state of which, you know, should perhaps have a lot less control over money by the mere idea and fact that they don't know how to manage it. You've got, you know, for example, Governor DeSantis in Florida, who's doing the very opposite of what other governments, central bank governments are doing. And he wants to sort of like he wants to bring crypto in to the banking system because he wants to ban the CBDCs from Florida. How many other states could potentially follow suit? Is this, is this a, a battle between the Federal Reserve and the federal government and the individual states that don't see eye to eye on the direction of monetary policy within the U.S., as an example? Um, is there fear that perhaps the federal government will continue to print its way to oblivion in the process of sort of forcing in their hand with a CBDC, FedNow coin, which is coming out supposedly sometime in 2023. And then the next stage then would logically be a, a, a CBDC of some sorts. And then you again, you see someone like Governor DeSantis coming out and saying, look, we're going to we want to ban CBDCs outright. Um, and we want, in fact, we want the banks that do exist within the state of Florida to sort of like partner and work with crypto. So is it, is it really sort of a, uh, sort of a, just to spite you, federal government, or is this really an initiative where, you know, DeSantis, for example, sees the opportunity uh, to sort of have a game changer within his state perhaps uh, echoing what other countries perhaps might do, such as you know, El Salvador by adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender. Um, maybe not going that far at this stage, but perhaps um, not the denial that the federal government is, is, is utilizing, right? In recognizing the power of, let's say, Bitcoin and, and crypto in general, in terms of its tokenization of pretty much everything and, and uh, the digital gold standard of 2023, right? The digital gold being, in my opinion, at least, uh, you know, Bitcoin, right? Um, interestingly, uh, just the other day, uh, Texas 
um, had submitted a bill to uh, issue a currency backed by gold, which is really interesting because um, in the same week or roughly thereabouts, there was a bill um, that would um, pr- that would uh, put- protect miners within a state, and uh, Texas. I anticipated Texas to move forward in favor of Bitcoin mining, and I it's I think there's some really interesting dynamics at play uh, because Texas is showing itself as a crypto-friendly, pro-crypto, pro-Bitcoin type of state, but I think you still have some more. There's there's some there's perhaps maybe a very battle within this state also about what direction to go and then all of a sudden you hear a gold-backed currency there are two parts to that there's the one part which is all right gold-backed currency which is something i find to be not of the 2023 uh flavor if you will Uh, but then the second part of that is if you're the mere introduction of such a bill right says that either this is an agreement of something more federal or are they somehow separating themselves from the federal government? So it's just really sort of fascinating to see this sort of unfold. We get, we're living in an era that I don't think much of us anticipated we would witness before our very eyes, uh, whether it's a second Cold War with Russia uh, or this whole change or a pandemic that literally shut the world down. And now the icing on the cake is a takeover of the banking system, uh, a change of the banking system, to, um, a reset, if you will, as, as was put a few years ago by the president of, of the uh, IMF, that you know we did a new Bretton Woods moment, and we're literally witnessing that Bretton Woods moment happening at this moment um, in the form of you know, a change in, in, in monetary policy, an introduction of of um, the federal coins of CBDCs, a, an aggressive ban on crypto being, you know, Operation Choke Point 2, I mean, 2, 3, 5, whatever they want to call it. I think it's interesting because um, I, at the end of the day, I think the real objective is not to destroy it. I think it's to slow it down and to give these federal governments and these central banks an opportunity to catch up because they're always far behind. And so, you know, the innovators and the technologists who are creating the blockchain and who have created so many of these exceptional technologies that we believe will sort of revolutionize how uh, we, we write contracts, right, smart contracts, and how we buy and sell homes and how we, how we settle funds, right, uh, through whether it's Bitcoin and the, and the Lightning Network or if it's Ripple and XRP. You know, and, and so on and so forth. So there, I think there are a lot of still tons and tons of unknowns that we have not yet sorted out that I think are being sorted out to some extent. But I think we are years away from a end of battle, if you will, between uh, the state, for lack of better terms, and the uh, private sector slash decentralized monetary operations or monetary networks. Um, and so it's going to be just a fascinating time. And so the question really is, well, all right, what can we do about this individually? What is it? What role can we play? 
Uh, I, and I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not going to tell anybody what to do with their wealth or their money, whatever that money is, whether it's $100 or $10,000 or $10 million. That's not the point. The point is we, what I did and the way I think about things is in percentages, right? Um, uh, and to put it in context, uh, I, I'm originally from Lebanon and I have a lot of family there and, and Lebanon's economy or I should say their currency has lost 99.9% of its value. It's practically worthless, okay? Just about like Venezuela, uh, perhaps not to that extreme, but getting very, very close to the point where if priced and every, if foods are, are denominated in the local currency, it's, and people are still earning that same currency, they can't afford bread. Um, and so, um, I know people there and Bitcoin mining, though, uh, after the fact, right, after the collapse of currency, uh, has perhaps given some people hope. Uh, and it just keeps reminding me of, of Michael Saylor's hope.com network, right? But it really does. It, it, you know, they turned on their mining equipment and they were able to go down to a river, which I'm familiar with this river down in southern Lebanon and, and create uh, some mining centers and mining some Bitcoin. Uh, at the very local level and, and just to be able to afford the, the cost of living uh, that is essentially um, unmanageable at this point. And the way people there really do survive is most Lebanese know people who live outside the country. And so as, as a result of that, they're able to send money abroad using Western Union, using, you know, uh, MoneyGram, etc., but not using the banking system, right? What if there was, what if crypto or XRP or XLM um, had a strong foothold in a country where people could in fact transact with Bitcoin and merchants didn't need the banks to survive, but they could transact accordingly in a Bitcoin lightning network system as an, as an example. How much of this, uh, how much of this catastrophe, this economical disaster for, by the way, that lower to middle class are the only ones who suffer, as you could imagine. Um, how could that have been avoided? Or even just a mere investment in some gold, right, as a hedge. So I'm not opposed to gold. I still think having a little gold and a little uh, Bitcoin is, is an absolute good way to hedge against the debasement and utter collapse of currencies that we're seeing. Um, and so I think that's, that's sort of like the main play here is, you know, Lebanon's a great example of what could happen, right? So then you, you know, you look at the developed nations like the United States and people continue on their merry way, on their merry day, and don't recognize, perhaps most people don't even watch the news because the mainstream media doesn't share any of this. On, on, a very, on a very meaningless scale, right, you'll see some level of dialogue about inflation, but not to the point where, where one day people would wake up and the dollar, what used to be one dollar now costs 50, right? That's hyperinflation. And that is something most Americans are not prepared for. And so the question then becomes is, well, what do you do to prepare for that? And so I think an investment in Bitcoin. So again, going back to it's all in percentages. If you have a thousand dollars saved in the bank account and drop a hundred dollars in Bitcoin, that hundred dollars could be worth more than your 900 in cash. And so it's that understanding, that tweaking of the mindset of recognizing it's, a, it's not a risk, it's a risk off in my opinion.
because the real risk in today's environment is the risk of of currency collapse right so and i'm not saying put 50% or 75% if you're not risk if you're risk averse then 5% or 10% could be more than sufficient and if you're not comfortable with digital go pick up go pick up a tenth of an ounce of gold and and put it away and save it somewhere just so that you can buy it, put food on your table for the next 30 or 60 or 90 days until things get sorted uh, or, you know or even longer than that as we've seen in Lebanon it's been two years and on so just real small thinking um, doesn't get you anywhere and acting like everything is fine uh, could put you and your family in, in dire circumstances as we've seen in other countries uh, so I, I just I just don't think ignorance is, and naivety is a strategy I think it's a tactic perhaps by the mainstream media to keep people not paying attention to what's really taking place, right? Uh, as we know, oftentimes the media is, is run and, and, and supported and paid off by, by sitting presidents, by the sitting administration, by government. Uh, and, and so try to find alternate sources of media that will tell you the things that you need to hear. You might not want to hear it, but you need to hear it.